0: Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. The devil wants to keep you hooked into his system. I don't think that takes a whole lot of revelation, but the nature of the devil is to manipulate mankind so he has a vehicle to display his mindset, his ways, his fallen nature. So when you look around the world today at the systems of this world, the physical systems, they are, a, they are an illustration of something behind. They are a revelation into the heart and the mind of the devil. But Jesus says that his church and himself, we are not of this world. We are in the world, but not of the world. We function, we live, we operate in this world, but we are not of this world system. There, it's like light and darkness. There is nothing about this world system that should be in the heart of a believer. Romans 12 2 says, Don't be conformed or pressured. How many people have felt pressured by this world system, by the mindset of this world? So he says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, church you are going when you come into the kingdom you are going to have to think and feel and choose like an alien like totally different to anyone else on this planet when they're all going left you'll be going left you'll be going right but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and he goes on and says and we will be able to prove the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God he's introducing us here to the system of this of the kingdom which is 30, 60, 100 fold. Good, pleasing or acceptable and perfect will of God. And I'm excited about this because the kingdom of God is able to flourish in any circumstance, in any country, with any education, male or female, whether you're born on the wrong side of the tracks, on the cheap side, or whether you're born in... In in rich and, and, and wealthy situations The kingdom of God will flourish anywhere against all opposition And see the mindset of this world is Unless we play the world's game Unless we conform ourselves and say what the world wants us to say Then we'll never get ahead and we'll never be influential But I want to introduce you again today To the kingdom of God Which is superior to the world system Amen? You can nod your head if you believe. See, when Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, he came into a heavy, oppressive system of this world. And they offered him the, the wine and the meat and the food of this system. And he said, I, I'm not touching that. I, I found a, a different system. I found the kingdom of God. I'm feasting on a different mindset. And the, uh, he's... Uh, he's the guy that was in charge over Daniel was concerned because he thought if he wasn't fed the system of this world, that Daniel would never succeed, that there would be, he would actually go backwards. But you know the story that when Daniel began to feast, not on the system of this world, but he began to feast on the meat. And the wine, the blood and the body of Christ, as he connected into the kingdom, the Bible says that he gained 10 times more wisdom and knowledge and understanding than all of those that feasted on the system of this world. I'm here to tell you that the way to truly progress and prosper and be influential is the feast on the kingdom of God and not the system of this world. It looks inferior. It doesn't make sense. It, it defies all logic. But only if God's people could see, if truly you could see today, what God has on offer in the kingdom. If I could only get inside your eyes and open them by the Spirit so you could see. see and that's the problem. When you're deceived, you don't know it. You just think this is the way life is. This is how we function. This is how we get ahead. And I am trying, by God's Spirit, to introduce you to a different way of living. It breaks my heart that the majority, I would say, or many Christians have no concept about the kingdom. One minute with a Christian And as I began to speak about their worries, their pain, their anxiety, their stress, their confusion, their worry about tomorrow, and all of a sudden I say, Babylon, system of the world. Loved by God, born again, but hooked into this system. And God wants you free. See, if you don't know the kingdom of God, you can't come out of the system. By default, the moment you're born you are in the world and of the world. And you are going to have to encounter God and choose to think differently if you want to function in the kingdom. It's not automatic that when you get born again, you function in the kingdom. There is 30, 60 and 100 fold. There is seed that comes down that gets eaten by the enemy and you get to heaven, no doubt about it, because that's by grace are we saved. But I'm talking about functioning and prospering in the kingdom, and as we're going to read this story, Jacob went through years and years and years of serving a hard task master and had nothing to show for it. In fact, he goes on to say, 10 times you dilled me out of my money, you changed the boundary, the, the 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 my wage, you played with me," and many people in the in the, in the church have no understanding about how to prosper in the kingdom and they're being ripped off and sold a lie. And I'm here today to introduce you to life in the kingdom, to unhook you from the system of this world, to enlarge the way you think, to introduce you to a kingdom that is so vast. And this is a challenge for most Christians. They think too small and they are operating out of a fallen system. Right. But not you today. Amen? Amen. Say, not me. Not me. Amen. Amen. Luke 16 says that the, the sons of this world are more shrewd than the sons of the kingdom. What an indictment. Not in this generation. Don't you, wanna, don't you feel that? I want to raise up a family of believers that are so shrewd in the kingdom. They understand how the kingdom works. They understand kingdom values and concepts. They understand how to maximize the kingdom of God in their life. Good entry. Yeah. And the sons of this world, they, they know how to rip people off. They know they know dog eat dog and and, and and all the system of this world. And there is a system that if you sell your soul to the enemy, he will use you and prosper you. But let me tell you something about the system of this world, it always has a price. And it may look like people get ahead, but let me tell you something about the nature of the devil. He gives and takes away. He gives and takes away. He gives with one hand and takes with the other. He gives fame and fortune and then takes Away and leave people with depression and anxiety. And you see people have everything, and they take their life. Why? Because that's the kingdom of this world. It's the system of this world. It's the nature of the enemy. But the kingdom of God is ever-increasing. It winds upwards. It's full of joy and peace and righteousness. And so I want to talk to you today about unhooking from the system of this world and connecting with the kingdom of God. Have you got Genesis 30, 25? Again, when you read scripture, it's full of clues for us if we have eyes to see. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph. Well, there you go. It says it all, doesn't it? Something begins to happen. Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way. Now, Now, think about it. He's being been. He's been 20 years thereabouts. He was under the, under the covering of Laban and he was hard labor and nothing to show for it. He served 14 years for his two wives. And all of a sudden Rachel who is a picture of the church, she is a picture of grace. Her name means the lamb or you. It's, it's a, a very clear picture of the church and, and and they've been living under bondage and pain and smallness. And all of a sudden, the church gives birth to Joseph. And something begins to shift. They think, we don't belong here anymore. We, we, this, something's wrong. And that's what's happening right now across the body of Christ. The church is giving birth to the spirit of Joseph. And they're beginning to see... We are in the wrong system. We've been lied to, cheated, we've toiled, we've worked hard, but nothing to show for it. There is another system called the kingdom of God. And she says, He says, send me on my way. I want to go back to my own homeland. Don't you long for your own homeland? A kingdom where full of righteousness, peace and joy of a hundredfold increase in every area of your life. Does anyone long for a homeland like that? The rest of you are happy staying where you are? (laughs) Serving hard, working hard. There is so much more. Do you hear me? Paul prays it. We'll get to that in a minute. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who may be able, at times, occasionally... To do almost a tiny bit more that you could ask. No, he says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly. See, he's breaking all the barriers and excuses in your world. Oh, what about my education, my lack, my this? He says, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think, or imagine, according to the power, the kingdom power that is at work within you. The kingdom is within you. Yeah. Where was I? Send me back to my homeland. See, Jacob was tricked into marrying Leah on a dark, stormy night with a little bit too much alcohol, maybe. He thought he was marrying Rachel. It felt like Rachel. It smelt like Rachel. Maybe Laban dressed her up like Rachel. Put like a cover over her face. And it was only in the morning that he woke up and said, Who, who's that sleeping in my bed? There's a nursery rhyme about it. He was tricked by tradition. The tradition was that the you will serve, you will marry the older first. It's tradition. And the church has been tricked by tradition. The tradition is God wants you poor, sick, and barely getting by. And so we get tricked into marrying someone that produces toil and weariness and no love. That's what darkness does. That's what happens when you go to bed with a woman you haven't seen before. You haven't turned the light on. Said, Who are you in my bed? And the church has been sleeping with tradition, and producing the offspring of tradition, which is poverty, sickness, death, discouragement, fraction in relationships. But he also married Rachel. That's the one he was after, and she gives birth to Joseph. And everything changes. You know what? The enemy does not want the church to become prophetic. It does not want the church to begin to see over the fence and to shout out to someone there's more I see more he doesn't want a prophetic voice and the moment prophecy begins to rise up in the church all hell breaks loose the enemy is threatened when the church begins to give birth to Joseph's are you hearing me Because it knows that not only are the church going to change, not only are the people going to think bigger, but they're going to start impacting the world. And that's why the enemy stirred up so much misunderstanding in the family. Do you know why there's often so much friction in church life? It's because the prophetic is starting to rise. The true prophetic. beginning to see like God sees. So the enemy comes and he stirs up jealousy and contention amongst the peers. Laban is a picture here of a hard taskmaster. The enemy is harsh, a deceiver. It's a fallen system. It is an evil spiritual head. And I want you to know today that if you are not functioning in the kingdom. I'm not saying about being born again, but if you don't understand the kingdom and the way it operates, by default, you allow a fallen system to manipulate the way you live. Pull the strings anxiety, stress. We spoke about that last week. We'll cover it again today. Anxiety, worry, fear, stress. That is part of a fallen system. He's pulling your strings. He knows if he can change your physical environment, adjust it, alter it, and he'll be able to pull your strings, get you into worry and fear, and by default into Babylon. Babylon is a system where you say, I don't trust in God, I trust in myself. That's where the enemy wants you to live. Worry isn't a problem. Worry leads you to the bigger problem, which is a life without God being lord over your world, without God being your provider. That's where the enemy wants you. Why? Because he knows that you can't take care of yourself. So Jacob here is tired of serving a master that rips him off continually. And eventually you've got to get to a place where you get a little bit jack of the enemy pulling your strings, causing you pain, fear, anxiety, worry. I don't know. Do some people enjoy being worried and anxious? It's almost like they've, they've made a partnership with that lifestyle. But Jacob said... And the reason he began to speak like this is because Joseph had been born. And when revelation and dreams and vision begin to rise up in your heart, you begin to say, I don't want this lifestyle anymore. That's why dreams and visions are so important. That's why the prophetic is so important. It begins to cause you to question the way that you're living. Are you hearing me? So, we've got the scripture up in Genesis 31, verse 37. So, God gives Jacob a plan, and many of you know this story that he says, I'm going to take all the speckled sheep and and goats, and and the predominant color of the sheep and goats in those days were a single color. And he says, I'll take the speckled ones, we'll have a three day journey between you and I, Laban, and, and, and all the speckled and the spotted sheep and goats will be mine and the plain colored will be yours. And he goes and he makes a trough. And when the sheep and the goats come and drink out of that water, they will look at these three different plants that are placed near the, near the, uh, the water bowl, and they will conceive and mate. And God showed Jacob through a dream. An angel came and showed him that as they do that, all the strong and virile Sheep and goats, they'll come out speckled and spotted. And in a short time, Jacob had taken all of Laban's property off him. God has a plan to take all that's been stolen from you. Did you hear me? Yeah. A lot of you have come today, you've had relationships stolen, money stolen, opportunities stolen, and God has a plan to get it all back and some. Amen. Does that interest anyone today? So he put three trees there, and the poplar tree, the almond, and the plane tree. And they are all prophetic signs. Now, we're not saying that those branches or trees were some sort of magic cure, but they represented things in the spirit. The poplar tree, that name poplar comes out of the root word for Laban. So as they drank out of the waters, they're looking at the spirit that controls this system, the deceiver. It's there, they get a revelation, it's there, it's right in front of them. And on the other side we have the plane tree. And that plane tree, I've told people this before, but as the tree was put there, one of the characteristics of this tree is the bark would peel away. It was known as a tree that would always peel and shed its bark. So I look at those two trees and I think to myself, as the sheep are drinking out of this trough, they're getting a revelation that Laban has stripped them of their true reward. Did you hear that? And as you drink of the Spirit of God, you begin to get a revelation that the way I'm living is not how God wants me to live. And that the enemy has stolen things that belong to me. I was standing in worship today getting cross saying, Satan, you stole things from me, and I want them back. Isaiah 61 says, for your shame, you will get double. Everything he's stolen from you, you're going to get back. You don't just get it back because it's the right thing. You get it back because you get a revelation that it belongs to you. Hello. Hello. And in the middle is an almond tree. And listen to this, the Armen means to awaken. It's a readiness to declare the word of the Lord, Jeremiah one eleven. It's the first tree that blossoms in Israel. So what it means, it's a revelation of a new season. To awaken. Ta-da! There's a new season before me. There's a prophetic voice that God's giving me. I've seen that the enemy's ripped me off. And this is what the whole system's about beginning to see that the enemy has been stealing from me, but God's anointing me to get it all back and to decree that there's a new season over my life today. So you might have been trapped in a cycle for 40 years. But I'm here to say to you today that God is coming to give you a Joseph experience where you get a revelation that the enemy has been stealing from you yeah. and that a new season that God wants to bring to you. Yeah. Now unto him who's able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or imagine. Think about that today. The key to getting... This, into this new system is to change the way I ask, speak, and the way I think and imagine. I was just doing my devotions the other day and I opened up Matthew chapter 12, verse 22, and it's a story about when Jesus came to a man who's demonized and he's mute and he's blind. That's not a good day, is it? But it's because of a demon. He's blinded and he can't speak. Jesus heals him. They attribute that healing to the work of the devil. And Jesus goes on to say that a house divided against itself can't stand. And this is a work of the spirit. And if you blaspheme against the spirit and he goes on and talks about then he goes on to another story and he says, there's a man, when a demon's cast out, the demon goes and it searches dry uh, places seeking a place to rest. He can't, can't find any. And he goes back to that original house and he finds it empty. Or the word is in the Greek, idol, swept, and put in order. And in other words, he's saying because there's been no shift in the way people think and feel and choose, because they've had an encounter with God, but nothing's changed in their world, he gets seven demons stronger than himself and he comes back and occupies the house. And the latest state is worse than the former. So it is for this wicked and unbelieving generation. He's speaking to Israel now. I've heard God say that whenever we encounter God, whenever we have an experience in God, whether it's what we would term revival, prophetic encounters, they come from God to change the way that we see What was he? He was blind and he was mute in the way that we speak. And you study the church. Whenever there's been an outpouring, if the church doesn't have a fundamental shift on how it sees and speaks, seven demons come back stronger and occupy the house. And this is my theory, that when God sends an outpouring, if it doesn't change the way the church sees... Seven demons, which represents the seven mountains of society, they come back and there's a further entrenchment on society because the church didn't respond to the move of God in the way it sees and thinks. Are you hearing me? And we thought it was all about a good time and a rolling and and shaking. And that's wonderful. I'm full of fire tunnels and flags. But fundamentally, the move of God comes to shape the way we see And what we say. And This is what happened for Jacob. He had an encounter with God. And God began to change the way he saw and the way he spoke. And the kingdom began to enlarge in his world. And I want to say to you today that God is working in your world today because he wants you to ask and imagine. Because the way you ask and imagine... Is that, that in itself is the key that unlocks the kingdom in your world. God wants to increase the kingdom. He wants to unhook you from the system and link you with the kingdom. So in the system of the world, it's all about the enemy controlling the way you speak and the way you imagine, the way you think. God wants to unhook you from that today. Amen? Matthew 6 verse 25 says, Therefore, do not worry about what you would eat and drink and what you would wear. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due season. Cast all your care on him for he cares for you. And one of the things that's so fundamental in unhooking from the system of this world into the kingdom of God is this whole thing I've been speaking about is worry and anxiety. How does the devil rob you? One of the primary ways he robs you and keeps you in his system is fear, worry and anxiety. And the reason that God's been speaking to me about this is because the seasons that we are walking into... When everything begins to shake, if you're prone to anxiety and worry and fear, you can just put in the missing piece yourself. You're hooked in the system. You can't function. In a time of famine, you'll starve. And it, the way he hooks you is through cares and worry and anxiety. See, when you take the care or take the thought, it's, it's essentially saying, I can do God's job. I can do it better than him. I can figure out my future. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lie from the enemy. Casting our care on him is an act of humility. It says, Lord, I can't take care of this myself. It's too big for me. I'm not able. I can't figure out my future. I can't figure out the scenario. I need your help. And it's one of the primary ways that we unhook from the system of this world is to say, God, I need a strategy. That's why God sent Joseph. He came in the the picture of a dream of a strategy. God said to Jacob, if you do this, this, and this, and this, I will unhook you from the system and prosper you. Jacob had to get to a place where he said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I need a strategy from heaven. And God is waiting for his church to say this little word, help. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't work it out. I'm full of cares and anxieties. Lord God, I am saying to you today... I don't want to worry anymore. I don't want to be stressed anymore. I'm coming out of Babylon and sitting in your kingdom, Lord. And this is my default. I look to you. I put my eyes upon you. And I say, Lord, show me what to do. Show me what to say. And I will do what you tell me to do. I will say what you tell me to say. And you will do the greater work through me. We have to unhook from this system. John 11.40, it's a story of Jesus when he comes to Lazarus. And you know the story that he already has a strategy, but he's trying to show the disciples this is how to live. And you notice it says that Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And again, in Matthew fourteen verse seventeen, when he's praying and, and dispersing the, 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 to the multitude, the loaves and the fishes, you notice this posture where he lifts up his eyes, and he thanks the Father. He's posturing himself. He's saying, God, as the representative of mankind, we need you. I need your help. I need your strategy. I need your insight. I refuse to move unless I hear from you and see what I need to do. Hello? Now I want you to turn with me just briefly before we finish. The 2 Corinthians 14 verse to 18. Again, this is a scripture about unhooking. Unhooking. It says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship? This is 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14 to 18. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What partnership has Christ with Belial? What part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has says, I will dwell in them. I will walk among... Do you hear these words? He says, I'm going to get inside you. I'm going to dwell inside you. I'm going to be your God and you will be my people. I mean, what a deal. He's saying, separate yourself from the system of this world. Come over to my side and I'm going to be your God. God's saying this. The creator of the heavens, I'm going to be in you. I will walk with you. Can you hear this today? And see, we... uh, Sorry, I've just got this thing that's stirring in my heart because I see so many pseudo-Christians that have to come over to the system of this world and play the games because of the pressure and the manipulation of this world that says, you've got to speak right, you can't challenge sin, you've you've got to play it safe, you've got to be politically correct or else we will cut you out of the system and you won't prosper. But God's saying, hey, guess what? I've got a system that is above every system. The kingdoms of this world will become The kingdoms of God. I have a system that can prosper you against all the odds. Everyone may shut the door, but if I open my door, it is as good as done. And see, we're afraid to live in the kingdom, to be true believers. I'm not saying critical and angry, but to stand for the Lord. That's what Daniel did. He said, I ain't eating your stuff. I ain't going to get polluted by you. And guess what? I'll feast on the kingdom. And at the end of the day, I will be 10 times stronger and wiser and better than all of you put together. This world needs people that function out of the kingdom that are true prophetic voices and not just an echo of this fallen system it doesn't work anyway you know it's not rocket science you've got christians meddling in the system of this world it's failing it's broken it's full of holes and they're asking you to validate their deception anyway that's just a little axe i had to grind Paul says, come out from them, verse 17, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. And listen to this, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Paul's writing to believers today, and he's saying, come out, be separate. I want to be your father. You'll be my sons and daughters. What a deal. So the question today is, are there unbelievers that are still in this world today And connected to it, are there sorry believers? Are there believers that try to figure it out? And maybe today you're here and you try to figure out your future, figure out stuff, come up with your own plans and your strategies. Are there people today that pray to God about your problems, and then walk out of the prayer room and try and take care of it? You're saying, leave that behind. Be separate. This is the way of the world. It takes responsibility for everything it does. And I just want to be a father to somebody. Verse 17 and 18 says, there were believers that even though God was their father, he wasn't able to be a father to them. Did you hear that? God can be your father, but you decide whether he's able to be a father to you. A father takes care of his kids, and God's got so many kids that he's not able to take care of because of their lack of faith, not because of his lack of grace. And you decide that today. He's saying, unhook from that system. Unhook from the lies of this system. Make me the head of your life. Listen to me. I've got a plan and a purpose for your life. Unhook of self-made living. Jacob had been there for 14 years. Slaving, working, hooked up to a fallen system. And all of a sudden, the church gives birth to a prophetic revelation and everything changes. Can you see that? It's like Isaac from zero to a hundred. And Father wants to take care of you. I have a conviction in my heart of the goodness of God. He has so much. And you know, one of my challenges in the goodness of God, I think, God, if you give me too much, how will it look? And he reveals to me, I've always got more. Just because you have a lot doesn't mean others go without. That's a fallen system. I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing to the nations. The prodigal son had a father, but until he came back to the father, the father couldn't be a father to him. And see, while he was part of the world, even though he was fathered, had a father, he couldn't be fathered. He unhooked from the world, he came to his senses and said, "What am I doing living like this?" And I want to leave these thoughts with you today. What are you doing? Living like the way you're living. Worried? Anxious? Do not be worried. Matthew 6, 25. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. You have to unhook from this system and come into the kingdom of God and allow God to father you. Humble yourself. Look up to him and say, God, I haven't got a clue what I am doing. But it's okay because I know you know Show me what to do, show me what to say, show me what it is that I am to see. And I will do everything you see. Grace and the rest of God isn't doing nothing. It's it's out of a rest and revelation that we do something. Paul says, I work harder than all of you. Why? Because he'd come into a place of rest and understanding what God was calling him to do. So I'm saying to you today, posture yourself. God, what do you want me to do? What is it you want me to say? I humble myself. I start from this position of needing you. I unhook from the temptation to worry and figure it out myself. Do you need a new home? Too hard for God. No. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? I humble myself. Rather than toiling and worrying about my future, handing it over to him. Unhooking from the system. See, the Babylon system in a nutshell is this. I don't trust God to take care of me. Is that in your heart today? See, worrying and stressing and toiling. The kingdom of God is this, Lord, I trust you to take care of my future. I don't know how you're going to do it. It looks awfully bleak, but I trust you to take care of my future. That's the prophetic coming up. That's the spirit that was in, that laid over the life of Joseph. God gave him eyes to see. And as soon as Jacob got that, everything shifted and changed. I wish I had better words and a better style of communication to get inside you and cause you to see that there are two distinct systems in front of you right now. Yeah. And God said, choose you this day who you will serve. On the left, there is death and destruction and curse. And on my right is blessing, honor and favor and grace. Yeah. And you get to pick. And you think all the world would pick the... S- the round window in romper Room. Play skill, whatever it was. But yeah, see, that's the deception of the enemy, that this pull of Babylon that wants us to be independent and strive and anxious and worried and rather than hooking into a supernatural realm. Amen. And I want to introduce you again and again to the kingdom of God. It's a superior kingdom. It's a kingdom where we humble ourselves and God leads us and blesses us and prospers us and enlarges us. Where there are no limitations. doesn't matter where you've come from, whether you're single, married, divorced, whether you've got... Pro- whatever. It doesn't make any difference. The kingdom of God will thrive in any circumstance.